you have a metal straw? I do have a metal straw. You are a hippie. <laughs> you can't. No, it's it's because of the hippies. They, no, you're joining in with the hippies. Well, Why don't no, you go and get yourself a plastic straw? Sometimes throw they, it away every they time. They don't give you the. You get the paper straw, and it actually dissolves in your mouth as you're drinking. Costco has paper straws now. They're horrible. I keep the the metal straw in my glove box because, like, you never know when you're ready for some some caffeine, and they're like, "Nope, here, have soggy paper in your mouth, and just just enjoy that." Where Where are you going in Texas that gives you paper? San Antonio straws? is not the same as you know what I mean. But you you run up to Wendy's and they're giving you a paper straw. What are they doing? Nah, Wendy's Wendy's wouldn't do that thing to me she's a hot and spicy redhead <laughs> she would just give you the ah here use this piece of plastic and destroy the earth thanks wendy you're the best i'm fine with it so so yeah i i, I keep a, a metal straw in my glove box and in my handy dandy cup and metal straws they're That's not just, they're not appealing ugh. i don't enjoy it but well, it sounds bad. Like, and how do you see my thing? I see my teeth are set on edge right now. Like, I because I'll take a straw and I'll just kind of. Oh yeah, you can't do that. You can't do oh. that. My teeth hurt right now. Just thinking about it. They make like the silicone covers, but I feel like we're over engineering a simple problem. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen those though? They're, like, they're the metal straw, but they've got the little silicone cover for it because they know how much your your teeth will hurt doing that and if only there was an a simple elegant solution plastic just plastic but it, the the plastic gets stuck in the sea turtle's nose no it doesn't you know what it does it lets you it lets you self-justify and say i know that i'm going to drive my car through the drive-through and run my air conditioning the whole time but if you give me a straw that i enjoy slightly less i'll I'll be able to, to say I have done penance and I'm no longer guilty. This is all self-justification. <laughs> it's just I'm 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 not in for, I'm not in it for the penance. Look, plastic isn't gonna biodegrade. I've seen a video where a sea turtle had to have a straw pulled out of its nose. How dare you? Oh, what am I trying to look up? Okay. Genesis Try. 19. Now I got the, I got my book. I don't Kindle, right? When it comes to the word of God, I need a big, floppy Southern Baptist Bible. That's what I need. You and your Kindles. It's a nice cover. Listen, this is, this is bonded leather. It's good. So why do you put it in the vinyl cover for because <laughs> it needs to be protected yeah don't want it to, don't want it to fall mm-hmm. apart it's like it's like when you buy like new jordans and then put plastic plastic bags over them so you don't get mud on them yeah although i never had Me jordans I, I couldn't get jordans I wasn't the best i could get was uh adidas's or pumas i really really wanted those kangaroo pumps but i never had i never could have those Oh, I couldn't get those either. Wait, I remember it no, sixth it was grade. the Reebok pumps. The kangaroos had the pockets. Reebok, yeah, yeah. Reebok pump. <clears throat> I remember in sixth grade uh, or fifth grade. That's what it, the the pumps were coming out, mm-hmm. and I was playing basketball, and I wanted the pump so bad. 
and uh, we couldn't afford Reeboks. Um, so we got the generic pumps. <clears throat> and they didn't pump. They just had the basketball that pretended to pump, <clears throat> but it didn't really do anything for your feet. It was a placebo pump. It, 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 was, it was good for your, your heart. You pumped up your heart. I thought, you know, the, but that's the problem too, because uh, when you're, when, yeah, but the problem is when you're a kid and you like, you go to school and you know that <clears throat> everybody's going to see it and be like, oh, you got the pumps. And then they're going to get a closer look and they're going to be like, what? You got generic pumps? Like, this isn't Reebok. This doesn't count. And then they don't even care that your shoes are supposed to pump anymore. Mm. Now all that they care about is... You've got generic pumps. You're a tool. I was a tool before generic pumps. So can I tell you one of my, my embarrassing elementary school stories? We're not going to get anything done today, are we? <laughs> All right. So I, I just, uh, we, we were broke. Uh, like we didn't, we didn't have a lot of extra. And so Payless shoes were a viable option for me, especially because uh, I didn't care. I was in fifth grade and I, it was fifth grade. Um, but so I went, I, I got plain black shoes that were comfy and I thought they were they're they're you know, they're all right. Um, I, I didn't really care otherwise. Uh, but, but they were apparently like the, the Jordan ripoffs from Payless. And I, that's like the one pair you didn't want to wear. And so everybody's like, oh, you got the Jordan. No, you didn't. Who do you, who are you? Who are you? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm just a little, I'm fifth grade Jew. I don't know. Basketball. Right. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to listen to some smash mouth? I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> But then I had to wear them until I outgrew them because, like, again, uh, that's just what it was. Uh, So, so, so that was that was a fun year. Uh, Yeah, because I'm assuming you didn't play basketball. That's a fair assumption that you have made. (laughs) So then they're wondering. All the friends are wondering why the nerdy kid who doesn't play basketball got the knockoff. Air Jordans. Right. He was discount Steve Nash, but like. <laughs> discount Steve Nash. All right. Pay less Nash. <clears throat> Pay less Nash. All right. You feel comfortable? You think you can do this? I think we can do it. Good. All right. Because we've been going for 10 minutes. And an hour. <laughs> Hello, Internet. All right, man. I, uh, I'm Pastor yeah. Goodman. Uh, with me this day is uh, Pastor Eli Lita from Wheatwood, Colorado. We are the Uncultured Saints. What did I say? It's true. No, you no, Okay. My, you got it, okay. man. You, you're going strong already. I was already. practicing. That was what we spent the whole first hour <clears throat> doing. Um, just just that far, though. That, that's, as, that's as far as I've mm-hmm. practiced. Uh, we are— No, we got this, man. We're in the Old Testament this season. So uh, since we're— just picking the easiest possible texts, uh, I, I thought probably the best thing for us to do would just be to dive right into Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it's a really straightforward text. Nobody's ever, you know, taken bad conclusions out of it. Uh, it's, it's absolutely taken seriously today in society. So since it's not really a hot-button issue, I, I think it's just a nice softball that, that we can uh, bat around a little bit. There you go. No, I think that works. Uh, yeah, for the uh, for the listeners out there, um, we're we're kind of all over the place. Uh, we're like uh, Pastor Goodman said, we were doing Old Testament stuff, and uh, it's good. It's a good metal metal straw sound right there. Uh, we're doing. <laughs> 
we're doing we're doing Old Testament stuff, uh, but we're all jumping all over the place because uh, I did Second uh, Kings uh, last time, and we've got uh, we had Goodman here who's uh, first did creation, and now he's doing Sodom and Gomorrah. That's in Genesis 19, and it's all of Genesis 19. So uh, sometimes throughout this season, we're going to be able to to read uh, the actual text. Uh, like we did last uh, last time, it was two la- last episode with uh, because it was two verses exactly. Um, but uh, Harrison uh, he picks uh, you know three verses of Genesis and uh, all of Genesis nineteen. So there's just going to kind of be a, a whole wrap up, uh, maybe a summary of Genesis chapter nineteen and what we're going to be talking about. So uh, I'm going to hand that right on over to Pastor Goodman and let him take it away with Genesis chapter 19. All right. So yeah, we are in Genesis 19. Uh, If you haven't already gotten bored, uh, pause it, go read Genesis 19 and uh, unpause it. And uh, we'll just assume that you're done reading Genesis 19 now. But uh, just to kind of summarize the chapter, uh, this is this is Sodom and Gomorrah. So uh, remember that this is where Lot settles down after uh, he and Abraham part ways because uh, Lot is convinced that they have too much stuff to take anyone place and that God's promise to sustain them all can't be a real thing. So he wants to go to Sodom, which uh, we only know uh, because of, uh, well, the jokes that you make on the bus. Uh, but... Really, though, Sodom back then was it was a really wealthy town. It was a powerful town. This was this was a that's the reason he picked that. Yeah, way, that's right? absolutely Abraham why. gave him the choice. Where do you want to go? Like, would you want to go left or right? And it's, Lot was like, uh, that way over there looks a lot better. Let's go there. Right. It's sort of like when, you know, you, you split the cookie in half for your kids and one's clearly bigger than the other. And so your, your kids all fight over the bigger half. This was Lot. He immediately went to the place there where there's money, where there's lots of land, where there's there's power, where there's all of these things that uh, old Adam really wants. And so he settles down there, uh, again, not because of the proclivities that go on there, but because it's, it's a powerful nation and he figures that's worth it. So, um, as he settles into to his uh, time in Sodom, two angels come and visit him, uh, and the men of the city attack uh, the angels. They, they, they want to molest them. Uh, they want to take advantage of them. And the angels hide in Lot's house, and uh, Lot says no, uh, by no means. He, he sinfully even offers up his own daughters. Again, that's, that's not okay. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and set that right key. out there. Not okay. I, I know people okay. have argued over I, whether I, or not this was a righteous thing. Not okay. Uh, if you visit me and, and my house, uh, I will offer you a diet soda. Not, not that other thing. Uh, again, not okay. Uh, so after this point in time, the angels, uh, they, they do warn of the destruction, uh, but they promise salvation to all who escape. And uh, so Lot and his, his family, his daughters, his wife, they, they flee to Zoar. Sodom is destroyed, which is the only thing anybody else knows about it, aside from this other thing where Lot's wife, she looks back, turns to salt. Uh, and then Lot and his daughters settle into the hills of Zoar, where uh, the trauma kind of continues. Um, Lot's, Lot's daughters will get Lot drunk and take advantage of him and uh, have children. Genesis 19, everybody. Uh, yes. Oh, that's, oh, that's an uplifting, uplifting chapter. Yeah. Um, oh, it's wonderful. Hold, hold on a second. I, I think it's interesting that we should uh, uh, make this point, and you kind of uh, spoke about it in regard to the the fact that Lot offered his his daughters to the to the raging mob out there, um, and he said that's not okay. I think uh, far too often us Christians we try to uh, cast the um, 
the Old Testament patriarchs. I'm not saying Lot was necessarily a patriarch, but he was he was kind of a middle of the road guy. Um, and we try and cast him in this light of they were really good people, right? <clears throat> and so we put Abraham up on a pedestal, even though Abraham passed his wife off as his sister and married his wife off to Pharaoh, right? Uh, and we try to uh, we try and say, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to be able to shoehorn the the offering of the daughters into a righteous act. No, we've got a bunch of sinners acting really sinfully in the Old Testament, just like a bunch of sinners act really sinfully now. Right, and this is something that's worth confronting, um, because if if the only stories that you want to take are sort of like the polished ones of, of the Old Testament characters, uh, all you have then is a sort of, these were good people and so good things happened to them idea that gets dashed to pieces when you accidentally read the bible and find out that no these are these are some sinners and they're doing awful awful things uh so the whole point of this season though is christ in the old testament and this is actually why it's worth talking about the old testament characters as sinners because they're redeemed sinners they're forgiven sinners these are not yes. these are not only sort of uh the people in in real life situations going through weird stuff but these are the specific kinds of awful things that Christ took flesh to bleed for, to die for, to forgive. Christ doesn't need to be in the Old Testament if there's not a bunch of sinners there who need to be redeemed. Right. And this is Christ himself kind of says this as well in the New Testament with the against the Pharisees, right? Because in different places, the Pharisees uh, uh, kind of have put Abraham up on this pedestal, and and Christ speaks about. The fact that Abraham is uh, uh, is righteous by faith, Paul speaks about that too, right? Right. Uh, the author of the Hebrews speaks about that. This is the righteousness of faith. It's not a righteousness of deeds. Abraham's not the the the, the best guy in the world because of all the great things that, that he did. Neither is Lot, obviously. I think this is actually a, a testament, though, to uh, the the scriptures that, like, if I were gonna write a story about why you should be uh, of the same faith as me, I probably wouldn't put out. I don't know, murder and rape. Uh, I, I wouldn't lead with these things, but the, these characters are, are, are among the worst of the sins, sinners that, that you come across. And again, these are the things that, that Christ makes himself present among to forgive. Uh, there's an old saying, that which Christ did not assume he did not redeem. In other, Christ comes from the very dregs. He takes... Uh, the, the very worst of things unto himself to forgive these kinds of sinners. And it lets us confront it in a, a much more honest way, which is important, especially when it comes to, for example, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, which is something that almost only ever really gets talked about uh, in jest, in, in, in sort of a, a way where we, we immediately start joking around uh, because we're uncomfortable with it. No, either that or it's, it's a way to attack just one particular sin, right? Right. There are those who, who would simply right. say, this is only happening because of homosexuality. And uh, what we really need to do then is be really, really angry and also direct fire and brimstone towards anybody who is uh, struggling with this sin because that 
very clearly fixed all of the problems after the the town got destroyed there were there were no more problems for any of the sinners uh, up in the hills of zoar after the no no the and 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 there wasn't uh, nobody had to deal with uh, uh, homosexuality either after Sodom and Gomorrah right so uh, the the other way then that that we tend to do this uh, is is because nobody actually wants to be labeled as homophobic nobody actually wants to be labeled as as uh, full of hate we tend to make fun of these things. Uh, we, we tend to joke about these things so that we don't actually have to take them seriously. This is always what, what we do, though. When, when we don't want to be afraid of something anymore, we start to, to make jokes about it. All right. So, okay, so we've got a lot of ugliness here in uh, Genesis chapter 19. Are, are we going to speak at all about uh, the conversation Abraham had with the Lord? Uh, just previous to this, where the Lord's already said he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but but Abraham pleads with the Lord, says, no, 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 that's, that's, don't destroy it, right? There, there may be righteous people down there. If I can find 10 righteous people here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to talk about it because I don't care. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Okay. No, I, you're leading the show. I mean, if you don't care about you know the fact that Yahweh uh, had a conversation with Abraham about... I, I'm joking. Yeah, uh, so Abraham and, and the Lord bargain, so to speak, over uh, whether, or not, uh, whether or not Sodom should be destroyed. And, and over and over again, Abraham sort of tests the Lord, saying, well, what about, what about 100 people? If there's, a, if there's 10 righteous people there, if there's, if there's two righteous people there, will, will you relent? Um, and, and over and over again, the Lord says, of course I'll relent. Uh, this, this, is, this is actually what I do. Uh, I, I think more often than not, the reason that I don't like this, this topic is because, uh, or, or that section, it's because we sort of get the wrong idea about God from it. Uh, because we, we sort of take on ourselves the mantle of the righteous and have to save Sodom from God. Oh, yeah. The, that's, <clears throat> yeah, that's tough. Because this actually comes up in the three electionary. I can't remember where, but it comes up in the three electionary. You have the opportunity to preach on it, and uh, well, I don't I guess but... your sermon. Then, well, yeah, because you don't care about the Old Testament and you're <laughs> preaching. But um, apart from that, <laughs> if you did preach on it, right, you could do it just like you said, right? You could uh, uh, encourage your your congregation to go find those lost, miserable sinners out there and plead that God doesn't destroy them because of how righteous you are. But see, the reason that that's uh, a bad thing to do uh, isn't just a question over which lectionary you like. It's, it's actually sort of revealed as you go into Genesis 19 that the bargain that Abraham had with, with the Lord over the, the fate of Sodom wasn't Abraham the good guy and God the villain. If you look, uh, what, what you have is uh, the order of destruction of the city is this. God first warns the city. And then God heard the prayers of the faithful. And he acted in mercy. They, they heard uh, not only the, the law's condemnation, but the promise of, of the gospel's mercy. And then God spared all who would be saved, all who would hear the promise. And only then, only then, after everybody had heard the promise and God had delivered all of the people who would be saved, only then was there destruction. If you actually wanted to be condemned in Sodom, what you had to do was listen to literal angels say, y'all better knock this off. Y'all don't actually have to suffer for it now. There's, there's free salvation here. Just leave. I'll take you out. I'll get you out. And then they had to stay. This is actually sort of our problem with sin. 
It's not that God is just so eager to condemn us. It's usually that we are so eager to lay in our own filth. And the reason that all... We're we're so eager to have God condemn us. Yes, like a dog that returns to its vomit is is what I think that the Proverbs say. Um, this This is how we go back to it. And so one of the things that we can take away from Genesis 19 is a very simple concept. It's that sin breaks stuff. It's something we try really, really hard to ignore because we would rather sort of have God condemning us for arbitrary reasons that don't make sense because we're happy. Uh, But instead, what we get to recognize is that when God gives us the Ten Commandments, they're not actually just sort of made up rules that will make you feel ashamed about your body. But this is is actually that which builds up in creation when when they're done well. And when they're broken, this is that that which destroys creation. Uh, we, we tend to sort of skip right over the sixth commandment uh, with this one and, and sort of single it out um, and say, God's certainly wrong about this. But all of the others, though, make perfect sense to everybody. It, it, have you ever realized that? Like, you don't have to be a Christian to recognize that murdering is bad by and large. Like, I mean, we, we absolutely do our best to justify it. We do. But most cultures would recognize that just walking up to somebody and, and killing them is probably <clears throat> frowned upon. Um, it's a bad thing. It, it's a bad thing. And so you can see how far we, we are willing to justify it with, well, uh, abortion or, or any of these other places where, where we commit this atrocity. But the, the idea of, of killing another person, it's a taboo thing, no matter your religion or culture. Uh, stealing is, is wrong in any culture. The way that you, you talk about people, you don't have to be a Christian to recognize your reputation is a good thing. You don't want to be the one that everybody makes fun of. Uh, even, even the pagans the buddhists know that if you spend all your time on amazon uh coveting things and ignoring the gifts that you have uh being materialistic isn't healthy we've sort of like taken all of the other nine commandments and said god you're probably right about this but i don't trust you on the sixth one sodom and gomorrah is i think first and foremost a chance to recognize that sin breaks stuff because it's mostly not about the sixth commandment it's mostly not about sodomy it's mostly not about homosexuality it's mostly about unbelief the thing that got sodom destroyed was not sexual proclivity it it, it was unbelief yeah and isn't that i mean isn't that the conversation that they're having i I don't have the hebrew and that probably wouldn't even help me if i did but isn't that what uh what abraham is 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 praying for right we're speaking about these uh these righteous people um and again what is righteous well, if you look at Paul, if you look at the at the writer of the, the book of Hebrews, uh, if you look at how Jesus speaks of Abraham as one who is righteous, it has nothing to do with sin. It's not the fact that, you know, he kind of screwed up with the sixth commandment too and married off his own wife to somebody else just to save his own skin. Uh, it wasn't the, the fact that he didn't uh, trust in, uh, 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 in Yahweh's promise so that he got his own second wife to try and have a child. Right. I mean, all of these things this sinner did. So it can't be his works that make him righteous. It's got to be the faith. It's got to be the reception of this grace, mercy, forgiveness of sins, reception of Christ, which is, I believe, is what basically Abraham is saying there. It's, uh, hey, if if there are the righteous, not those who aren't sinners, uh, but if they're the righteous who are looking to you to for salvation god will you spare them and god's like absolutely i will absolutely 
Yeah. Right, and this is actually the whole point of, of looking for Christ in the Old Testament. It's, it's what are you looking at as these things are happening. Uh, if, if you're looking at, at Christ, then when you go into the Old Testament, you're, you're looking for a, a merciful God. And oddly enough, he's all over the place. But if you won't see Christ in the Old Testament, then you can't do this in terms of law and gospel. You can only do this in terms of law. If you remove Christ from the Old Testament, there can be no gospel there because the gospel is simply this, Christ crucified for you for the forgiveness of sins. If you remove Christ from the Old Testament, all you have left is the law. And then you have to sort of make heads or tails of who did what and why and who gets punished and you look for the cause and the effect and it doesn't make sense, it isn't fair, it, it, it doesn't seem good. So what you are looking at actually has everything to do with what's going on here. Um, the, the men in, in Sodom who, who only looked after uh, their own lusts, look at what they were willing to do to, to strangers. Uh, this, this wasn't what two consenting adults were doing, this was rape. Uh, look at, at Lot in his desire to sort of calm the situation down, that, that peace to him was, was more important than his daughters. Yeah, that's crazy. What, what are you looking at? Look at, 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 at Lot's wife, which is, uh, again, just a, a weird little, if, if you're not going to make sense of this, uh, again, if all you have is the law and you have no gospel, why is Lot's wife get turned into a pillar of salt for looking behind her at this city. If all you want to look for is the law, it's arbitrary, it's cruel, it doesn't make sense because the law shows us our sin. The law is a good gift, but to people who can't fulfill it, it's cruel. It's it's cruel. It's it's damning to to hold out a, a hope just out of reach for people. It's cruel for me to hold a cupcake over my son's head and know that he can't jump up to to grab it it's cruel to hold out salvation only by the law and then seeing the sinners over and over again failing to live up to the law's demands so uh, these two angels they they go into the city right and they're and lot finds them and lots like get get indoors right i know this city uh this this place that i chose Above any other, <laughs> I know it. I know how uh, awful and evil it is. Uh, we need to get you uh, indoors. And they say, no, we're just going to go to the town square and we're going to spend the night there. And Lot knows all the awfulness that will happen to him. What What is the purpose? I mean, what What are the angels doing? What are they going into the city to do there? Angel means messenger. They're, they're the same thing that Jesus always sends people to do to sinners. He sends people to preach to sinners. He sends preachers to sinners. I I, got to believe that the angels were sent to Sodom to proclaim the gospel. They they were there to to say. Law and gospel, probably, right? Well, sure, sure. Because the gospel without the law isn't actually the gospel. There's no salvation unless there's actually saving from something. Yeah. And so the angels weren't just sent to proclaim the law. Stop it. I'm setting your town on fire because you're awful. The gospel is simply this. Repent, believe, and you will be spared. Jesus always sends preachers to sinners. Uh, We're actually taught to view sin through preaching. That's how you're supposed to understand it, right? Preaching is how your your view and understanding of sin is shaped. Because if all you want to do is sort of deal with cause and effect, again, this is, you see people who are abused struggle with the trauma. Uh, You see people with with PTSD, people who, who can't for the life of them, uh, but but shake the idea that 
because they were abused once, they will be abused again, always trying to stay one step ahead of, of the other shoe dropping. And so sin is just always this looming thing. You are taught to view sin through preaching, through God actually speaking through your pastor, your messenger, so that when you see it, you would see it as something not only as that which is, is wrong, but that which is, is died for, that, that which is, is forgiven. Uh, if you're not willing to see the sin is forgiven, it, it changes what it is, always. So, so I know it's a, and everything that you said there was beautiful. I loved it. Um, I know it's a little bit of a, kind of a guessing game here, because uh, it's it's not explicit. Um, did did the did the angels did the messengers get this this proclamation out? Do you think before they got swept away into Lot's house and doors closed and all hell broke broke loose? Broke loose. Breaks loose. loose. Um, I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say that they did, but I, I mean, and but this is one of those places where, so this is where we, we have to sort of be silent because God is silent. You know what I mean? Like, especially when it comes to doctrine, yeah. like election, we, we just, we can't go diving into the what ifs. Uh, rather what we can call start to do is, is call it like we see it. Uh, when, when we fixate on sin, it, it sort of takes over for us. When we when we identify by it, it changes uh, what we're what we're about. Is is there any way? And and uh, I know that you don't necessarily want to go this way because we've kind of talked about this before. And I don't think I want to go all the way down this rabbit hole either. But is there is 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 there, is there any way that we can also kind of talk about this? Not not only uh, the the sexual uh, proclivity of uh, the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and and just the the evilness here of like you said it's not even just consensual consensual adults it does seem to be a, a rape sort of situation, but also this um, just this uh, this dominance sort of thing like these two men who have come to be messengers whether they know it or not whether the the townspeople know it or not that these men have come to be messengers of Yahweh. Um, that uh, they are going to, uh, they're going to portray their dominance over these men in a very violent, very sinful sort of way, which I think kind of does speak to, like you've said before, uh, this isn't just about uh, sexuality here, but I think this is about this complete and utter unbelief and and demanding, like you said, uh, demanding not to hear uh, the word of God for them. Right. And what's important, what's important is that you, you've laid out three different sins that are not the same thing. You've laid out, for example, homosexuality, which is not the same thing as rape. You cannot just sort of convolute those, even though you can find them under one commandment. They're not the same thing. You, you can suffer from one and not the other in, in, in both cases. And you've also laid out idolatry, which is a third thing altogether. Uh, when we just sort of want to pick a, a big pile of sin and say, well, it's because of this one, the one that I'm not doing, uh, then all of a sudden you have a city that you can laugh while it burns instead of mourn. Uh, and when, when you have a city that you can laugh at while it burns, you're not in a good spot as a Christian, you yourself. Whether or not you're in that city, you're looking back at it. You're turning to salt. This is what Lot's wife is dealing with, too. Uh, she turns back to look at the city. Okay, yeah, go for that. So for that. I, I really got to believe that this isn't uh, God just sort of setting, again, an arbitrary rule. But it's, it's again, the idea that sin breaks stuff, so don't look too hard at it. 
when, when, when you focus on sin, it's sort of like that object fixation thing. Like when, when you're riding a bike and you, you look at the tree and, and you try and not ride in the tree, but because you're looking at the tree, you can't help but kind of subtly steer into it. And that's why my nose is big. Uh, but, but if you have the, this, this sort of fixation on sin, it's really, really hard to avoid it. it, it it's uh, done with those who would secretly covet that sin. And so you, you see people this way, you know, they, they talk, isn't it an awful thing that this thing's going on? And you go, tell me all about it. I want to hear every last detail of how awful that is. Uh, you, you see people who, who just love to sit in judgment over other people. And, and so again, they'll pick, you know, the two or three sins that they're not doing, but other people are. And, and they'll say, well, because of this, let's talk about it so that I can feel better about not committing this sin, even though I'm finding joy in punishing somebody God wanted to say is forgiven. Neither of those things Neither of those things is forgiven. That doesn't seem to be where Lot's wife is at. Though, I think right? Lot's I wife mean, what, misses the idea of what the town was, and that's the same reason they settled there. Lot's wife is is missing the well, the nice lifestyle, the the wealth, the power. When, when she looks back at the city, it's it's not that she really enjoyed that night hiding in her house while the whole town tried to break in and uh, and commit an atrocity. I think it's that she looks back and says. I wonder if this is going to be worth it, being away from that sin. I wonder if, if being away from that sin is going to be worth giving up all of that wealth, all of that power, that, that nice house. She, she's staring back at this in, in longing. Um, and it's a chance to talk about that which is normal and that which is common. See, she wants that to be normal, not just common. Uh, normal is, normal is how things are supposed to be. Uh, and so, for example, um, we, we have a, a single rule and norm, the scriptures. The, the scriptures make us normal. They tell us what we're supposed to believe. This is how things are supposed to go. Common isn't always normal, but you see it everywhere. And so, for example, um, if uh, you were to go outside as uh, this day that we record it and I were to go into the grocery store, everybody would still be wearing a mask. It is common. But I don't think it's normal. I know this because in the resurrection, when things are the way they're supposed to be and there's no more sin, there won't be COVID. And so we won't need to wear the masks. I know that sin is common, but it is not normal. I, I can recognize sin all over the place, but my Lord tells me, not just thou shalt not, but he says it never should have been this way. And because you guys made it this way, I'll die on the cross to unmake it this way. It, it's not... It, so, 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 how does, so how does that have to... Or what does that have to do with Lot? Or Lot's wife, I guess. Is is she is she looking back to be to be normal, not common? I think she wants the nice lifestyle so bad that she's willing to overlook this thing that's common and say, Yeah, you know what? Maybe it maybe it can be this way. And maybe it can be good that it's this way. Make it maybe it can be normal that it's this way as long as I can have the things that I really want. And again, I don't think you're talking about just one particular sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's it's the entirety of this unbelieving... That's just it. Lot's wife wasn't one of the sodomizers. Lot's wife. Lot, Lot's wife wasn't one of the ones who, who was subjected to it either. Lot's wife was simply the one who got drug along out of her home, but found a nice life and kind of really wanted to hang on to it. And there's, that's where she found her identity. Her identity was found in the nice lifestyle that she had so much that she was willing to abandon the Lord's command and promises, that she was willing to abandon everything just to sort of focus on that part. And that's the real issue with the homosexuality. Uh, it, it's the identity question. See, it, it's not a question of can gay people be saved. Let's just go ahead and answer that. Jesus died on the cross for them. Their sins are forgiven. 
it is finished. There, there will be homosexuals in heaven because Jesus died. And so the question of, of salvation isn't, are you straight or gay? The question is, do you believe in the resurrection or not? Is Christ your Lord? Are you baptized? These are the things that separate between heaven and hell. The, the question of identity comes in, though, and says, is there something more important to you than that? And this is, this is the real devious part about this. And you see it in Lot's wife, who struggled with none of these things, but still had an identity problem herself because she wanted to identify as Rich. What if your chief identity was gay? In other words, not, not you struggle with this attraction, not, not you are attracted to other people of the same sex, but the, the identity, the most important thing you should know about me. Uh, set aside my personality, set aside my rational soul, set aside all of my hobbies. If you had to know one thing about me, I identify as this. What I do with my downstairs. There's more to you than that. There's more to you than that chiefly because God says you're baptized. Your identity is baptized. Your identity is holy. Your identity is a child of God. This is why he starts this way. And Christian ministry isn't sort of pigeonholed into, do you find a church that fits all of your hobbies? So you found a skateboard ministry or a, a Nintendo ministry or a, a quilting ministry. ministry or a what? No, I'd, I said that's a good ministry, skate park skate ministry. Park ministry. I, I'm not saying those things can't I need happen, to, I need to but I'm that saying that, that when God identifies you, he identifies you as baptized, as holy. Skate and so, for Jesus. Da, da, da. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when God would speak to you, he, he would speak to you as a sinner of his own redeeming. This is what he spoke to all of Sodom. This is what he spoke to Lot, his wife, the people there in the city, his daughters, all of them. The difference is some of them wanted to find shelter in the Lord and some of them would rather identify as other things, not just gay, but wealthy. If your identity as wealthy is more important to you than your identity as Christian, that's the same problem. You know what I mean? That's, that's God and mammon if no, you're I looking do. for the Bible verses. Yeah. Uh, I bet... I bet um... I bet Jesus could do a pretty, pretty gnarly kickflip. You think he could uh, outskate Tony Hawk? D- no, in the same way that he can't out b-ball, uh, b-ball Michael Jordan, right? Tony Hawk's gonna just tear him up on that half pipe. Like again, of course, he walked on water. I think he can ollie. Well, I'm not saying he can't ollie, but uh, come on, he walked. Can Tony Hawk? Can Tony Hawk skateboard on water? We don't know. Okay. But so uh, then we're saying that Jesus is going to beat Michael Jordan? I am. According to his divine nature. See, this is a question of the genus Maestatic. Duh. Duh. This is a question of of, of are the divine attributes attributed to the humanity of Christ? Are you, so, but are you are you saying that when he walked along uh, the the ground, uh, uh, never once did he stumble on a on a rock? No, I'm not saying that. Oops. Well then, okay. Come on, then. So what? So so are, he's human. He didn't. He doesn't spend uh, eighteen hours a day uh, trying to figure out uh, how to do uh, a nine hundred on a on a half pipe. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> so what are we doing with uh, Lot's daughters then? Right? So because that's the last part of the story. What did we do with that? Because. Obviously, they're they're try just from from the uh, perspective of the story itself, right? It's not as if Lot's daughters uh, are just uh, uh, again uh, these sexual deviants uh, who are like, hey, we're we're just going to engage in this 
uh, this uh, sexual activity uh, that's obviously wrong and obviously bad. Um, but they've got an understanding, right? I think they're trying to fix the situation, but they're trying to fix the situation in, in an evil, sinful way. Their thought process is, we've lost everything. And we need to have our names continue. And we're never going to get a husband. So the only guy around is dad. Right? As, as weird and twisted as that is, that's, that's the frame of reference, right? So, I, I mean, there's a lot of detail that we're sort of jumping over here that's, that's worth pulling out. Uh, because we, we can actually here talk about trauma. We, we can talk about sin that's infectious. Sin that, that carries outside of the box that you want it to stay in. So let's, let's kind of deal with this. Um, Sodom was... Uh, condemned for a sin that cried to heaven, according to the scriptures. Uh, let's talk about the other sins that, that cry out to heaven. Uh, the blood of Abel in Genesis 4, so murder, mm -hmm. uh, unbridled wantonness in, in Sodom, the abuse of orphans and widows in Exodus, the withholding of workers' wages in Deuteronomy. Those are the sins that cry out to heaven. Some of them don't appear to be quite as graphic. This is why. This is... This is not a question of, of sort of, is something too icky for you? And if it's too icky, Christ can't redeem it. It's a question of, have you given yourself over to identify as this? And if you have, that's going to carry forward. It, it really is. If you have, have so chosen to identify as uh, wealthy that you would, you would abuse orphans and widows and withhold workers' wages, you have set yourself up to be a monster in the very same way. Uh, again, the graphicness certainly changes. But in the same way, if, if your chief identity is what you want to do with your downstairs, well, that's, that's, that's an atrocity, not because it, it's icky, but because there's way more to you than that. There's so much more because Christ has redeemed it. Let's start there, that which Christ has, has redeemed. So Lot's daughters then, going back to it. Yes, yeah. um, so let's you go. Lot's there. daughters have seen all of these things. They, they've seen uh, their, their, their mom turn to salt. Uh, they, they've, they've, they've been offered up by their dad uh, to, to be, um, well, raped. You've got to understand why their, their, uh, their sexuality is not going to work the right way anymore. They, they've seen a lot of stuff. They've been exposed to a lot of stuff. Sin is infectious, and that's going to take over how they view not only uh, sexuality, but, but how they, they view uh, whether or not uh, it, it's their own job to take care of themselves or not. So Lot lives in the hills above Zoar. He doesn't actually go into the town, even though that's where the angels told him to go. You notice that? Yeah. They, they go up and they live in the mountains. And that, that's got to be because Lot's at least a little bit afraid that what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah will also happen in Zoar. So he won't go into the town. He's, he's afraid that that might burn too. And so Lot's daughters are living not only with, with a messed up sexuality from having been exposed to this trauma, but afraid that their family line would, would end, that they would grow old living in a mountain and be, be left behind. Uh, they, they live in fear. And fear is the opposite of faith, because faith is, is the casting out of our faith is, is trusting in the promise. Unbelief is, is casting out the promise. Faith is clinging to the promise. Fear is a, a, a belief that the promise just can't be true. So Lot's daughters rape Lot. They get him drunk. They, they take advantage of him. Sin breaks stuff. And for what purpose, though? Like, what is their... 
again, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, that they've seen abuse. Perhaps uh, have actually even been abused in the past, seen atro- atrocious things, and now that they're so messed up that they can do no other. Isn't there a purpose for this? At least in their minds, they they're seeing a, a goal to be accomplished in this, right? Well, of course. In their minds, they, they see not only a, a chance to express sexuality, which has been perverted and twisted in itself, but they also see a chance to, to find safety, which was their mom's only goal, their dad's only goal. And so they think they can build something for themselves up in the, these hills, and, and they'll work with what's given them. They have not trusted in God's promise to care for them. They've decided, I need to build this myself, and this is how I'll do it. So it's, it's, it's we're going to have a kid. Right, I'm I'm gonna get lineage. Yeah. I'm gonna get progeny from this. In in the same in the same kind of way, perhaps uh, that Abraham had the promise of a son, and uh, didn't hold firm in that promise, but said, "Oh, obviously it can't be with Sarah. She's way too old. I'm gonna go ahead and get this done. God needs a little bit of help, right? And I'll I'll get this done in some other way. I'll, I'll get another wife. I'll get a concubine and have a mm-hmm. son." And God said, uh, mm, no, it's not that one. Right. Okay. So the reason this is worth talking about is because this is actually where Christ intercedes in the, the plainest way. Uh, not by stopping the sin. Not by snapping his fingers and making somebody no longer a victim of trauma. Not by snapping his fingers and making somebody no longer a sinner. But by entering into that lineage, by assuming that, those sins. See, we, we want the God who will snap his fingers and make everybody not gay anymore, no longer struggle with sins. We want the God who will snap his fingers and make everybody not poor anymore so they'll never have to, to covet wealth. And we want the God that will snap his fingers and make us safe all the time. We, we always do. Rather than just snapping his fingers and making us not sinners, he enters into this place. So uh, Lot's daughters take advantage of Lot. They, uh, they have children, uh, one of which, uh, his, the firstborn, is, is named Moab, uh, who, who would be of the, the Moabites. The, the Moabites are, are not a particularly important people until you realize that uh, one of them, who wasn't particularly important, becomes a central player in, in not only the lineage of our Lord, but uh, the, the idea of, of clinging to the promise in, in the face of so many things that have destroyed. We are, uh, we are looking at Ruth, who is a Moabite, who is, I believe, the, the great-grandmother of David, and something like that of, of our, our Lord, uh, who is, is the son of David. See, this is the lineage that Christ assumes, the lineage of, of rape and That's incest, an ugly lineage, the, the, the lineage of sin, the lineage of destruction, the lineage of fear, the lineage of, 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 of wrestling with all of these things, because God is not the God who says, if you avoid all of them, then I will love you and let you into heaven. He is the God who dives into that mess. And he says, you, you are redeemed. You, you are my family. You belong to me. And your identity is this child of God. And so when we talk about what sin looks like and Genesis 19 is wonderful for this, it lets us tell us uh, two things, both law and gospel. Because if you see Christ in the Old Testament, you can find both law and gospel. Sin breaks stuff. You shouldn't sin. Sin is bad. Never is it okay to sin. But also, never is it not forgiven. The double negative is fun there. But, but always will you find a Jesus who forgives. Always will you find a Jesus who redeems. Always will you find a Jesus who draws near to the sinners. Never to say, it's great that you did that, but always to say, you are loved, you are holy, you are forgiven. Over and over and over again, we have God 
running towards the people in the, the dregs uh, under whether or not it was their fault, the burdens that sin would put on them. And over and over again saying, you don't have to identify as this. You don't have to, to live your whole life wrapped up in this label. Rather, be somebody holy, be somebody loved, be somebody that I have bled for. And here then you can find all of the characters in this whole chapter uh, addressed in the exact same way. You can find the, the monsters who would commit rape uh, being preached to. You, you can find uh, them, them uh, being told, uh, repent and believe. You can find the people who are traumatized from being subject to this sin, given an identity in the same Christ. We, see a, we have a God who not only forgives the sins that, that you have committed, but we have a God who works holiness and righteousness, a new identity for the sins committed against you. Not only a God who works to erase guilt, but also a God who works to erase shame. We have a God who instead would instill this identity, faithful. Israelite, child of God, baptized. Jesus in the Old Testament is Righteous. always working righteousness for sinners, and that's where you see him. That's beautiful. That's nice. I don't, I don't know what else to do with that. No, I think we did it. No, nope, you nailed it. Nailed it. That was awesome, guys. Uh, all right. We're going to continue on with uh, Christ of the Old Testament. I don't know what we're going to do next. It's my turn. i got to come up with something. Right. We'll that would be fun. We out. Peace.